Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology, and today we are going to take another look at the contact between Venus and Saturn that is happening this week. Venus is in the sign of Gemini, making a square to Saturn in Pisces, and I have been rereading um, a lot of my Liz Green library for the first time in many years. Liz Green is a famous archetypal and psychological astrologer, one of the greatest of the modern era, and um, she wrote a ton of books, and most of those books were the books that I kind of cut my teeth on as an astrologer. And I've been revisiting a lot of them lately. And what I want to do today is take a look at a passage that she wrote. I think it's a very beautiful, vivid passage on Venus-Saturn combinations. It actually comes from her book, Saturn, A New Look at an Old Devil, which I've read some other passages from somewhat recently as uh, Saturn has gone into Pisces. So as a way of kind of um, looking at that, um, Looking at the recent ingress of Saturn into Pisces, I visited another one of her passages somewhat recently. We've looked at some of the passages that she wrote on the myths of the Zodiac from the Astrology of Fate. Here we go. Zoom. And so that's what we're going to do today. Uh, and as we go along through this passage, I'm going to pause and offer some commentary and reflections, observations from my practice and work with clients and students over the years and sort of uh, riff off from what she has to say. I like exposing you guys to really good authors and really good passages for your reference and for places of further investigation from time to time. So I hope you guys will enjoy this uh, today. Before we get into it, don't forget to like and subscribe. Share your comments, especially if you have contacts between Venus and Saturn in your chart. We'd love to hear from you guys. You can always share a story, too, if you have one about Venus-Saturn this week by using the hashtag grabbed and then tell us the transit that you're writing in about in the comment section and then give us a story that matches the uh, transit. Or if you feel like emailing it to us, uh, if you're more comfortable with that, email, email it to us at grabbed at nightlightastrology.com. I also want to take you over to the website right now because we are in the midst of enrollment season. My new class, Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystic, uh, begins in June. So this is a one-year course in ancient Hellenistic astrology, learning how to read birth charts, which is a skill that lasts a lifetime. It is, you know, for most people who take the course, you're passionate about astrology. You might be wanting to read charts for other people, start a career which um, right now is, it's actually a really great time to do that because the, there is a growing interest in astrology right now. And um, the markets are actually reflecting that, which is interesting. It's interesting to see that more and more people are, are uh, utilizing astrological resources and services. Um, so it's a good time to know how to read charts if it's something you're passionate about. And it, it's a skill that lasts a lifetime for you personally to be used with yourself, your friends, your family uh, as well. So over the course of 12 months, you can learn about what the course includes. Here's some from our alumni. Uh, there's 30 courses on the year. There's guest uh, lectures that we have outside of class, 12 of them. We have a group forum discussion staffed with tutors that will always answer your questions. Breakout study sessions in between major units of study for review if you need extra help. Uh, and you can contact me throughout the course at any time. Everything is recorded so you can attend the live webinars or take it at your own pace. There's an optional certification exam at the end. Um, and then at the bottom, you'll see the different forms of payment uh, if you want to sign up. And the one that I really want to draw your attention to is on the bottom right-hand side, the need-based tuition assistance. We have a limited number of those contracts available. Um, and they are going uh, pretty quickly, actually. There are a lot of people signing up for them right away. So I, I highly recommend that you do that right, right now if you want to take advantage of it. Click on the Apply Now button. Tell us your situation. And we like to work with people um, who maybe really want to study astrology but are on a fixed budget. 
and could use a little help to make it happen. Um, if that's you, for whatever reason, you're a single parent, you work only part-time, you're in between jobs, you know, whatever. We want we want to make sure that the spiritual science of astrology isn't um, only available to like one type of person and one financial situation. So we always offer that and we do that thanks to all of you guys supporting the Kickstarter every year. Uh, that really allows us to, um, to not have uh, as much of a bottom line in other areas of the business. So I really appreciate it. Uh, anyway, so any questions about the program, email us info at nightlightastrology.com. Okay, well, let's get into it today by looking at the real-time clock and uh, taking a look at the transit once more. We opened up earlier this week looking at Venus and Saturn contacts, and here we can see the two coming together in a square, and this really takes place Friday, April 14th, that's today, into the weekend, and it's been building over the course of the week. So we'll see this separating by tomorrow, give it maybe till Monday before it really starts to be, you know, sort of fading by that point. So um, that's the transit. Now, again, I want to read you guys something from this book, uh, Saturn, A New Look at an Old Devil by Liz Green. Uh, there are, she has written many books, and so I've been highlighting different passages from them as I've been rereading them. And um, I loved this passage when I was doing some research, and I just thought, you know, Rather than just cherry picking insights from it, I want to read you the uh, the passage, just a couple pages, and pause along the way and just offer you my reflections. I had a lot to say about this as I was reading it. So, anyway, here's what she says about Saturn and aspect to Venus, which is what we're dealing with this week. Saturnian contacts to Venus when they occur in the charts of those who are not predisposed toward introspection or self understanding are some of the most painful contacts to deal with. And the reason for that is that Venus-Saturn contacts will often do really well, for example, in the charts of artists, say um, poets and writers who don't mind spending long times, uh, long periods of solitude um, crafting beautiful things, or a metalsmith that likes to be in their shop, or an artist that can spend long periods of time alone painting in their studio. If you have an inclination toward that kind of lifestyle, Venus Saturn is not, it doesn't ever seem as bad, or it seems to show up kind of nicely in the charts of people who have both solitary, contemplative, and artistic qualities, which is something that not, you know, most of the time we just think of Saturn Venus in relation to, say, pain and love or something like that. But if you're not the kind of person who can deal with that, then as Green says, it tends to be a very painful contact insofar as it you know, if you don't like being alone, if you're not the artistic type that likes some solitude, a lot of the times it's more painful socially to have to deal with, like, say, loneliness. In both men's and women's charts, one of the traditional interpretations, which seems to be accurate enough, is that of failure or sorrow in marriage and in love with a subsequent residue of disillusionment, bitterness, fear, and a great sensitivity to rejection, which colors all successive romantic encounters with a certain aloofness and mistrust. It is probably that the initial failure, and there's generally one very painful one, is not the only key to the patterns of behavior, which are so typical of Venus-Saturn, but that an additional and more important key may be found in childhood, in the individual's relationship to his parents, and particularly to the parent of the opposite sex. This is not a new concept, but has been suggested before in reference to Venus-Saturn configurations. Saturn's association with the parents brings this element into all Saturnian contacts with the personal planets. 
for now she's getting pretty uh deep into the weeds there with regard to the psychological complexes that we could see coming out of relationships to parents of the opposite sex from the child or stuff like that but what i want to say is this <clears throat> insofar as venus saturn contacts are concerned you will often see withholding parents parents that withhold love or that are suspicious of joy or spontaneity or creativity or sometimes like a mother or father who has um maybe some serious sexual repression or other kinds of sexual um i don't know complexes or problems uh and then unconsciously the child is is like picking up on those in the environment which is an interesting thing venus seems to have importance in relation to one's capacity to be happy in the conventional sense to be at peace or in harmony with oneself in the environment. More than any other aspect, Venus-Saturn appears to strike at a person's happiness, and the usual feeling with the aspect, even if it is more drastic, even if its more drastic forms are not expressed, is a nagging discontent and the feeling that one will never be able to be happy or take pleasure in life. This contact, even the harmonious ones, will also strike at a woman's basic attitude toward her own femininity and her worth as a woman, and may affect a man's basic attitude toward women. Now, again, I, I don't think we need to <clears throat> go down the path of, you know, some of these are, are maybe a little dated in terms of some gender stereotyping, uh, but I still think that the, the basic piece of this it, to remember is that Venus in the ancient world was called the planet of um, good fortune the fifth house which was called the house of good fortune was called also the joy of venus so when you think of good fortune in the ancient world you're just thinking of anything that's pleasant and enjoyable and pleasing and makes that makes you happy that good vibes right so when you have venus saturn contacts in general you just have the tendency to struggle with good vibes or to feel like they're inhibited or blocked or to have a hard time with pleasure I'll never forget one time that there was a, a client that I saw who had a sat Saturn transiting her natal Venus, and she was going through a period of time where it was actually painful for her to have sexual intercourse. And so a good portion of the session was her asking, like, what's going on? Why is this happening? I've never had this happen before. Will it pass? And I thought it was interesting that at that very time, Saturn was transiting. I think it was an opposition to her natal Venus. So just when it comes to the ease with which we can experience flow, grace, harmony, happiness, pleasure, Saturn can somehow prohibit or block that, which is one of the more painful or difficult things. And it can also color or shape our attitude toward the feminine or toward the Venusian things in life, whether you're a man or a woman, sometimes giving you a less favorable or more judgmental or restrictive or harsh or severe way of looking at Venus stuff. Anyways, um, <clears throat> she goes on. <clears throat> In the final balance, the great unhappiness and isolation, which often accompany Venus-Saturn aspects, there's also a great potential for deep and meaningful and permanent relationship based on a complete understanding and on free choice rather than mutual need. The mysteries of union are within the grasp of the person with this contact, for although he stands to lose much and usually must spend a good portion of his life without a companion or with true companionship. He also holds the key to a relationship which is lasting and real. I think that's fascinating because um, that is so true. One of the things that's often said about Venus Saturn, which I've seen bear out time and time again, is that love often comes later in life. The true love, the deep, meaningful, mature, lasting love sometimes comes after some painful trials that happen earlier in life. And it's as though the 
this is um, a bottle of wine that's not going to age and reach its peak until you're a little bit older. It is not uncommon at all to see people marrying but not having kids with Venus-Saturn contacts uh, or to have gone through some divorces only to find that perfect match a little bit later in life or something like that. Uh, so sometimes things there's like a painful, there's painful trials and tribulations that come with a more lasting and substantive, real mature love later. Um, but that's not to say that you couldn't have one earlier in life either. It's just that it will need to be mature. And often there will be some trials that come with Venus Saturn contacts before that maturity is reached. However, that happens. The connection of Venus-Saturn contacts to sexual inhibitions, particularly the varying degrees of sexual defensiveness, which we term frigidity, is rarely mentioned since sorrow in love is somehow expected to imply this often sorrowful area of experience as well. But Venus-Saturn contacts cannot be consciously utilized in a constructive way unless an effort is made at honesty with oneself. As with all Saturnian aspects, we must consider the workings of the unconscious, with its tendency to hold compensatory or opposite attitudes and feelings in relation to the conscious personality and efforts of the individual. Regardless of how badly the person with Venus Saturn wants to express sexually and emotionally, there is usually an equally intense unconscious fear, which makes defense necessary at all costs. It's funny how many times I've met with younger people, like let's say most of my client practice and audience is actually women, as you guys know, um, many of the younger women, let's say in their 20s or early 30s or something like that, like that I've met with who have Venus Saturn contacts will often have really um, like either very high expectations and almost a rigid idea of what should constitute love. And sometimes that needs to be softened with Venus Saturn or there will be an unusual sense that like everyone I've met is immature, like almost like... Um, is that real or is that Venus Saturn speaking where there's this expectation that a level of maturity be there that, you know, again, maybe that can't be there until you're 40. And it's unrealistic to expect that lovers and the, the state of love will be something other than at least slightly youthful until you're a little bit older. So sometimes there's also these kind of unrealistic expectations and a rigidity or frigidity that has to be overcome internally before it can be taken out uh, or the projections can be pulled back. Sometimes, in other words, we project onto other people. No one's ready for me. Nothing's good enough. Um, but then when we realize that actually I'm a little um, rigid inside or I'm a little cold or something like that, we, we work on that and then suddenly we're, it, we're more allowing and tolerant of the people and situations we find externally around love. Venus-Saturn combinations imply a certain amount of emotional pain and rejection in the early home life. This may be of an obvious kind, such as the home where nobody touches each other or expresses any overt displays of affection or warmth. It may also be of a more subtle kind where much material display is offered, many gifts and great effort to, made to provide the physical comforts, but where there's no real recognition of or love of the child in a straightforward way. <clears throat> she goes on to talk about that for a while, but I think that that's really interesting too, because Venus Saturn, for example, in ancient astrology is sometimes associated with wealth. For example, Saturn is also exalted in Venus's sign of Libra. Um, and both Venus-Saturn contacts will sometimes be associated with like um, 
almost like a, a classical form of of beauty like think of like the like the black tie event or the opera or um you know the ballet places where there's a sort of classical form and grace and beauty and wealth and opulence all together but maybe it's a little dry or rigid or stiff somehow too so uh when she's when green is talking about the fact that sometimes you'll see like like wealth and material opulence but lack of heart i don't mean to put a stereotype on that because i've actually have been friends with and known especially when i lived in new york city people in the world of, of ballet and theater and art um you know an opera even who were not fitting that stereotype so i know that's kind of a, a bad stereotype but if you can understand what I mean when I say that classical form and the sense of like wealth and beauty, but a little bit of like tightness, uh, that sometimes the Venus Saturn kids will, you know, the, as a child's growing up in that kind of environment, <clears throat> it's setting them up to be in relationships that are maybe not ideal in some way, right? Like there's, there is a, um, there's, there's a sense uh, th there's the, the intimists, the intimacy of emotions and, uh, the contact from heart to heart is not as easy to find. It takes a little bit more work because it's not the model that's set up. Uh, that doesn't mean Venus Saturn doesn't provide some nice things, right? But that that's maybe one of the things that it doesn't provide as naturally that has to be learned. Uh, okay. Let's see. Do, do, do. We all have encountered those children who, because of their fear of being unwanted, can only express their need for affection through destructive actions or an attempt to inflict pain or sulking and weeping. If we transfer this rather extreme picture to the adult body and mind of a Venus Saturn individual and include the skill at portraying surface coolness, which they have usually developed, we will hold the key to this peculiar and often misunderstood emotional nature. Of course, not all people with Venus-Saturn contacts behave in this fashion, but there is a touch of this quality present, although it may be beautifully masked or outweighed by more self-expressive factors. <clears throat> so again, like um, a, a cool, calm, controlled, poised, beautiful look. Like I think of like a Rolex commercial or something. I don't even know if there is a Rolex commercial. I don't, I can't even think of one, but a, a commercial for something that is beautiful and expensive and everything just looks sort of perfect, but also you go like, is that real? You know, are they, is the, are they like cyborgs? You know, that, that can be a little bit like Venus Saturn. Um, Venus is the archetype of the hetera or the courtesan rather than of the mother. And these two faces, Venus and the moon together, symbolize the female principle on a personal level. Venus Saturn contacts usually affect a woman's confidence in herself as a woman, not only by society's definition <laughs> of womanhood, society, but by her own definition as well. It is usual to find Venus Saturn women in the com competitive world of business, and this type of woman often excels in her profession. She may be driven to achievement not only because she has genuine love of her work, responsibility, and creative self-expression, but also because she may feel that she cannot properly function in a, like a stereotypical feminine capacity. So I love that. There, there's another twist on Venus Saturn. Venus Saturn is, let's say, the, the disciplined, mature um, a woman who's focused on on work and on um, productivity and performance and becoming masterful at something. So it's not just tight, stiff, rigid, cold. It's also 
uh, someone who's driven to, uh, who loves work, who's responsible, who's disciplined, who's high achieving. Uh, and, and so, and, and of course that's insofar as we understand Venus Saturn as a picture of a woman's femininity on a psychological level in a birth chart, which you don't I mean that could, the same thing could be there in the charts of, of anyone representing their inner feminine, so to speak. So it doesn't have to be literal women, but for these women, it is terribly important to be loved, admired, and thought beautiful. Uh, this is hardly liberation. It is closer to an enslavement to fear. Now she's talking about the polar opposite where sometimes you will have, and again, this could go for anyone, not just women, though she's sort of splitting it down male-female lines. But, um, you know, you get the... Uh, you get the idea that Venus Saturn could also be, I'm a slave to success. I'm a slave to beauty. I'm a slave to having to look like uh, a certain way in order to be thought of as beautiful or worthy. And that's definitely true for Venus Saturn, that it's like all about, sometimes it's all about appearances. <clears throat> Let's go on. She talks a little bit about the spinster archetype, which is really interesting. I won't go into that so much, but also like, um, like for example, I thought it was really interesting. My grandmother um, on my mom's side had a strong Venus Saturn contact in her chart. Um, and she spent, her husband died when she was relatively young. And so she spent most of like, I think it was like from her early sixties all the way till 90. Um, she spent mostly alone. She had another partner for a little while, but um, she was a very, and she, she was a Venus Saturn person and a lot of her later life was, uh, keeping her gardens and doing all sorts of things that she did that she really loved. A lot of which were, um, very Venusian and, uh, yet she was alone. And so the Venus Saturn can also be like, I want to call it like the artistic, the artist slash crone archetype, like a lot of wisdom and, uh, comf com being comfortable as, a a sort of solo goddess in the world. Uh, so anyway, um, we may find Saturn overcompensating on occasion, and this kind of pattern is equally frustrating because it's just as isolating. It is common to find a person with Venus Saturn following a pattern of relationships where the partner is a burden, emotionally or mentally or physically, quote unquote, inferior in one way or another. So that's interesting because I've often seen Venus Saturn contacts come up when, say, you know, someone gets married and their spouse maybe ends up on disability and they have to be the breadwinner. So there's like this, this, the burden of responsibility gets amplified somehow on, um, let's say on the native with Venus Saturn contact because their partner suffers or struggles in some way. And they end up having to become like the responsible one and like, like carry a heavy load. There's like a cross to bear in the relationship somehow. That's a really interesting one. Um, here we go. Do, 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 do. This is an interesting piece. The man with a Venus Saturn contact may not have quite as difficult a time as his female counterpart, but with men, these aspects often are symbolic of a general mistrust of women. There's often the fulfillment of the usual pattern of the safe partner, and a great deal is often made of something which is referred to as duty, but which is closer to martyrdom. Sometimes there is a great resentment or hostility toward women with fear behind the resentment. And this kind of man will generally dislike a woman who expresses any degree of intelligence or individuality because he maintains his security by keeping his woman under control. That I have seen too. Um, mostly I will be honest and say that I, I, I will see that in the charts of the husbands that women bring into sessions with permission. I always ask that my clients bring, if they're going to bring their husband's chart in that they ask permission. 
But that shows up quite frequently in the charts of men who have real issues with trying to control women or wanting like a conventional woman who fits into a role that doesn't require that he grow or evolve or develop emotionally or psychologically in a relationship that she just fits a role. Well, then what do you know when she doesn't want to fit that role or when she's evolving or changing, usually as the relationship ages and grows, then there's this big, there's this big crisis. And, you know, oftentimes it's that exact kind of crisis that, you know, I'll, the woman will bring the husband's chart and say that we're having problems in our marriage. What do you see? And I'm like, well, look, he's got a Venus Saturn contact in his chart. So that is definitely, it's a true stereotype. It's not like all of the, all of the uh, charts with men who have Venus Saturn are like that. I've seen many men with Venus Saturn who are like, like dedicated artists, for example, um, not uncommon as well, but that can happen. So this is one of the aspects which can incline toward the proverbial male chauvinist pig so despised by the women's liberation movement. Ironically, however, this movement in its more extreme forms is populated by women with the same Venus-Saturn contacts. With infinite gentleness and patience, the universe informs us yet again that like sometimes attracts like. Well, that's a powerful statement. I'll let you know uh, if we all will agree with that or not, but that is interesting. Um, and I can't, I don't think I can comment on that so much um, from my client practice, but that's an interesting statement that Green makes. What do you guys think about that one? Um, okay, so even those for religious reasons eschew relationships must find a suitable psychological substitute. So the nun becomes the bride of Christ, the priest offers service to Mother Church. It is in the area of relationship that human beings are the most vulnerable, and consequently, it is here that they can make the greatest steps in growth and self-understanding. So the path of building a relationship based on love and on free choice is as valid and difficult a path as the most abstruse of esoteric disciplines. That's interesting because what she says there at the end, I really agree with, which is that you can't not run into the bearing the cross of relationships. Even if you're a nun or a monk, there's a way in which you become the bride of God or something like that, or the marriage becomes to the infinite or something. Um, even if you're someone who doesn't get into relationships, you'll still carry the burden of love and relationships throughout your life, even if you're not the marrying type. So Saturn-Venus contacts are about the 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 crosses we bear in relationships, the way in which they help grow us up and mature us, the way that we harden and rigidify and try to protect or defend ourselves, the way in which we need to open up our hearts and let our soft edges melt away. These are all Venus-Saturn lessons. Um, I hope that you enjoyed this passage from Liz Green and some commentary and reflection on it. Again, it comes from her book, Saturn, A New Look at an Old Devil, one of my favorite Favorites by Liz Green, but there's so many. If you want to look her up, if you look her up on Amazon, um, some of the ones that I really like are uh, The Art of Stealing Fire, the, her her work on the inner uh, planets and outer planets, the sun and the moon. Um, Apollo's Chariot is a really good one about the sun. Uh, yeah, and then she's got The Astrology of Fate is one of my favorite ones of all time. So anyways, I've been revisiting these. They've made for some good material to bring in for uh, for these videos. So 
Don't forget, before you leave, to like and subscribe. Share your comments if you have them on Venus Saturn contacts. You can find a transcript of today's talk on the website. You go over there. Also, be sure to check out that need-based tuition and uh, the new classes starting in June. Year two in Horary also for currently enrolled students starts in June as well. So I hope to see some of you guys there and um, hope you have a great weekend. Take it easy, everyone. Bye.